Hang on a second. I gotta pee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll be here. Pat had to go pee. <laughs> yes. Well, she re she's gonna edit it later. Welcome back to the watch list with Patty and. This week it's with Mike, my brother, because Bill is still out doing his recovery from his robo knee surgery. Uh, we're on all the big streaming things for our podcast. If you're listening to us on Apple, give us a five star review, and you can find us on all the social things, uh, the Watchlist Pod. And I am Pirate Alice on the social things, and Mike isn't social. I'm not. <laughs> so you can't talk to him. And yeah, that's the shebang there. Cool. So, my brother, what's shaking? <laughs> in the movies? In the movies, TVs, whatever. Movie Just your life, whatever you got going on. All right, well, since we're reviewing stuff. We'll start out with the latest. Um, we watch a lot of competitions. Oh, so okay. I think it's on Food Network called okay. Chow House. Chow and House. Saw a couple of the episodes. They're in Tuscany in a villa. And this is like oh. super fancy, dancy villa. Sounds fancy. And it's a Italian-Tuscan food competition with these chefs. And so the scenery of Tuscany is gorgeous. Like blows you away. Yes. Yeah. The villa is like a palace. Mm. And it's got all the classic Romanesque Italian artwork in the ceiling and the architecture. And it is something to see, you know, from that standpoint. And then there all the Italian cuisine that they're cooking up and and it's a competition, so you know you've got you've got the the cat factor. You know they're going oh. after each other, hmm. which is to be expected in those kind of things. Some of them, yeah. I was watching. There's a K-pop boy band competition show. There are all these beautiful Korean boys, so pretty, co competing in. <laughs> oh my God, they are so pretty. They're competing in the vocals, rap, and dance for, to create a group. When they're all done, there seven guys will be chosen to be a new K-pop group. And it's amazing watching them because, you know, the two will come, the first guy comes out and does his intro, whatever, sits down in a chair. There's like a big wall of chairs because there's like 90 some guys that are auditioning for this. And as each new person introduces himself and comes out, they're like, wow, he's pretty. You're really good looking. Oh, you are so handsome. They're like being really friendly and nice to each other. Where I And I'm like shocked because, you know, I'm thinking these kind of shows are always nasty to each other. But then I start to realize if they want to get the people watching to become fans, they can't be dicks. <laughs> you know? You have to yep. be nice. Although the one show, there's one guy on there that I just would, I'd prefer 
not to have him on there. He just seems like he's trying so hard to get validation on how good looking he is and how talented he is that he's like fishing for compliments. Oh, do I look pretty? And he pulls out a mirror, a folding mirror. And he's like, I look so good. And I'm like, holy crap, dude, you need to just calm your, wow, you are just out of hand. <laughs> so, and like the great British Bake Off, they're real, everybody on there is really nice to each other. Nobody's being nasty on that one. I think what the more of these nasty competition shows, I kind of just, I don't like watching them because they're mean to each other. And you don't need to be like that. I mean, sure, you're competing to win, but at the same time, y y do you need to be a dick? Well, on one, and I don't know if it's coming back, but it's called Making It. And so I've heard I forget of that who one. hosts that. The, they, the big important were, people, yeah. I, I've heard of that one. The one was on Saturday Night Live. She was, and the other guy was on. Yeah, I know. I yeah, their blonde. names. Can't think of their names. Yeah. And then the the other guy, um, he was on that show with her, where Parks and Recreation. Yeah, he was. Yeah, the it. Offerman. Got, is that his name? Nick yeah, Offerman. Offerman. And Nick the Offerman, other yeah. one. She's on in stuff with Tina Fey, but I can't remember her name. Yes. Yes. Off the top um, of my head, she's like gone and in, in internet and not gonna look it up. Because <laughs> that'll slow everything down. Well, if I try to look it up, I'll probably cut this whole thing off because I'm not as <laughs> I'm not as well versed in it as you are. Indeed. But and it's, it's arts fine. and crafts and everybody's nice to each other in that. See, um, that, that's, there's nothing, I mean, that's more than, be that's more than nice when you're nice to people, you know? But there's another, it's Survive Alaska, and it's okay. this race, like, outdoor survival through the Alaskan wilderness, and it is total wilderness, mm. and they're rappelling down mountains and kayaking and food deprivation and sleep deprivation and all that kind of stuff and yeah so that's another competition um what do you like you know, about these competition shows it's just you see these places that i'm never gonna go to and um, i am not an outdoor survivalist i, so I am not either <laughs> And so they got it. Not only do they have to do this race and all this physical, military-esque, ex physical exertion Damn. and battling the elements and battling the wildlife and trying to, in the middle of this race, trying to hunt down your own food. Yeah, I and would it's raining, and you got to make a fire, and you can't. I would starve, or I'd eat sushi. <laughs> <laughs> and you gotta, you know, if you're gonna eat plants, you gotta know what they are, or you're gonna poison Whoa. yourself. Yes, yes. And there's this toxic algae, so you can oh dig up clams, but if there's this. I wouldn't know what the toxic algae looks like, but someone said, you can't eat that. That's been in toxic algae. You'll die. <laughs> it's like, damn. Oh, my God. And then you got, now the race is going to Kodiak Island where there's, like, bears out the wazoo. 
So now that thing is an apex predator who, if it smells you cooking food, it's going to come and get some. Uh, yeah. So how now do these food. producers handle the insurance on these shows? You know? That's a good question. I mean, or is got it... a couple of people who, who are out because they're injured. Uh, yeah. I mean, somebody dies from getting mauled by a bear. I mean... Do they put it in their contract? Yeah, that, I won't sue you for getting mauled by a bear, but you got like the cameraman sure following them, right? They Are they doing the camera themselves? Paperwork this thick. No, yeah. they're not. There so, is a crew. So they have somebody following them. There's probably a producer or an assistant and the cameraman. So that's a whole team of people that you need to ensure because they're your staff, not just yeah, the contestants. Yeah, and they people out. Wow. And then the other one. Now, this this is hilarious in a very grim sort of way. <laughs> so we're kind of entering into that existential gray area of, is this amusing? Should it be amusing? You know, we're <laughs> in the moral, we're, we're walking the moral tightrope here. Uh-huh. It's called Naked and Afraid. I have heard of this one. But I've now, never watched it. I could it. be naked and afraid. Yes, I could be naked in a three-piece suit. I don't need—I don't need to be afraid naked. I could be afraid fully dressed. Uh, But they're out in the wilderness in their birthday suit, getting chewed to pieces by the bugs in places places you didn't want to have places. Yes. (laughs) Oh man, you gotta make your shelter, gather your water. And try to hunt down your food <clears throat> and battle in the elements. So, because they're naked, they're not in Alaska where you're going to freeze to death. Clearly, yeah. But, you know, they're in these, like, Africa or South America. And so you've got to deal with the wildlife. you got to deal with all the insects where you're yeah. dinner. So, this one episode, they had two people who were on, like, the staff. Of the okay. show. So they were medical people. So they're going to do it. So they're going to go do it 21 days naked out in the wilderness. And this one woman just got. I've never seen a bug bite rash like this. She was literally covered in pain. They had to intervene to give her something to lessen the pain i mean it was it was bad oh she got bit by something damn a lot of a lot of different things and a variety of insects wow yes huh so you don't even get to bring bug spray no damn so you got two individuals so it's a team of two and they build a shelter and get all their stuff to survive and so they weigh them before, and then they weigh them after. And you, I mean, you are gonna lose a lot of weight. Oh yeah, if you gotta chase down your own food, damn sure I'm gonna lose weight because <laughs> yes. I'm not gonna catch anything. And you know, so you've got the bug bites, you got the scratches, you're walking in your bare feet. Oh God, no. Yes, that's not something I would do. So this one team of two, they could not get along with each other. So it ended up. How are they a team? 
They weren't. <laughs> they actually split up and made their own shelters. Wow. Their own... By the end, they were managing to share some of the tools because you do get a few things, but you have to work together. Oh, yeah. You know, so the machete to cut down stuff so you can build your shelter and cut up whatever food you manage to catch. And mm. So, yeah, you see that social dynamic going on. Interesting. And then they have Naked and Afraid where they're out on their own. Mm. So, so it's just you figuring it out. And if someone taps out early, then you're on your own for the rest of the days. Damn. Damn. Now, it does not appear. I'm not 100% sure. I don't think there was a prize for last in the days. What's the point? But it seems like the folks... The folks who are in this tend to come back in other things. Oh. But they're very survivalist oriented. So they know how to make fire. They know how to purify water. They know how to build shelters that will keep the rain off of them. Scale of fish. Keep the animals away. Because they were in a place in a place where there's poisonous scorpions and there's stuff you can Shit. get to keep the scorpions away. <laughs> so they don't the fight you in your in your bear places. Yeah. Oh my god. It's Been like on the ass with a scorpion. Damn. Yeah, things you don't think about. But Mary Lou thinks about them. She's sitting her bare butt down on that. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna get bit right on her butt. <laughs> Nice. Yes, she did. Oh, you know, you shouldn't sit there. My wife speaks the truth. Yeah. Pants keep things from biting you in places you don't want to be bit. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. It's a fact. Pants work. (laughs) (laughs) Pants work. I am a very strong supporter of pants. I come out yep. in favor of pants. <laughs> I agree with pants. pants. Yes. I'm on board with pants. <laughs> now, if you like learning stuff. Oh, learning stuff. Okay. Yeah, there's another show. Jeff Goldblum. I forget the name of the oh, show. Yeah. It's been a little while since I saw it, but Jeff Goldblum hosts it. Yeah, it's on and, a, and Disney Plus, like the Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. show or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So the one episode that stands out to me was he did a whole thing, as long as we're on pants, <laughs> about genes oh. and the history of genes and how they got developed. And so the word denim comes from this French town called Denim, uh-huh. where they made first jeans. Neat. That's kind of the stuff. I like to watch. Okay. I I also like the stuff that you don't like, like oh yeah, Night Court. <laughs> yeah, the new Night Court is just that's bad. That's terrible. I like it. I know. It's not trying to be, you know, solving the world's problems or answering all the deep existential questions of our age. It just is amusing. Okay. After working all day in the welfare office, I need light. And amusing. <laughs> True. Like right. night court. I don't have to think hard. I don't have to get too invested. And ghosts. Ghosts is hilarious. I <laughs> like the British version better, which is the original. 
Yeah, I, I I just like the British version better. It it just seemed funnier to me. The American version I've, I've, is kind of lame. I've not seen it. Uh, the you British can version. watch it on HBO or HBO Max or whatever that's called these days. They have it on there. That's how I found it. Yeah, but yeah, it was. It's amusing, and it's not real heavy or you know anything like that fox has this show called accused it's okay. heavy i haven't seen it's that one. tedious it's oh. painful oh okay it, it, gets, it gets existential it goes into the moral gray areas asking all these que- you know questions it's very character driven it's like oh it's too heavy i can't take it <laughs> Well, then. just give me some naked and afraid. <laughs> <laughs> All I have to do is sit there and be judgy. Like, why are you doing that with no clothes on? <laughs> it's hard enough with clothes on. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. I'm all right. I'm of an age where if I don't go the moment I feel it happening, I will wet my pants. That will not end well. No, no, it doesn't. That's my thought about naked and afraid. You know, it's like, now they never show it, but you know, they got to go at some time. Yeah, yeah. And you're out there with all this wildlife and snakes and scorpions and bugs that will bite you. Yeah. And, you know, they never answer the question, what do you do naked and afraid in the wilderness with no toilet paper. And how do you know what leaves aren't going to cause a problem? Yes. And in one place, they're out in the bush in Africa, and everything is so, it's almost like semi-desert. Okay. Oh. So it's not sand, but it's a lot of rocks and hard pan. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of leaves. No, no, there's not. Leaves are scarce. Yeah. And you eat the wrong thing and your stomach is like, yeah, no. And yeah. How do you clean that up? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. That becomes a problem. Ooh. See, these kind of things, I would never do that. Why would I want that? No. <laughs> no. How do I, how does, do people find that fun? They're survivalists. This is like a personal challenge. One of them, they were in, like, this Baja Mexican desert area. Okay. Where, like, the rocks and the sand, you know, where the sun's pounding on it. So you're walking in your bare feet. And it's burning your feet, yeah. Yes. And so they're, like, in this cave. They find this cave. And it's, like, this area that they've done naked and afraid before. Mm Nobody lasts the full 21 days. So it's like, these two want to do that place to show they can do it. I see. In this episode, it's like, you could bring something. So the woman brought duct tape. So they were making shoes out of this duct tape so they could get around on these hot rocks and hot sand. Okay. Without burning their feet. I never thought of making shoes out of duct tape. I wouldn't have thought. But of in that. that situation, I get it. Yeah. 
There are some and at first there are some teenagers who made their prom dresses and their tuxedos out of duct tape. That was a competition. But anyway. I heard of that. Yeah. So shoes, I could see it, I guess. Yeah. But that was a smart thought. Unless it melts to your feet. Well, they didn't show that. Okay. So then it held up, I guess. And the other guy brought a knife. Handy. At first, he was kind of annoyed that she brought the duct tape, but then <laughs> later it proved to be a good move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was like, I apologize for judging you on your duct tape. <laughs> good. That was smart. <laughs> <laughs> so that's similar to this movie uh, Dwight chose to watch on Hulu, and so I had to watch it too. It's called Triangle of Sadness. And the only person you would have heard of that's in it is Woody Harrelson. Ah, okay. It's an internationally co-produced satirical black comedy. So you got Carl and Yaya. Carl is a male model. He's dating Yaya, who is a model and internet influencer. Um, their total relationship is just based on social media and getting more likes. And that kind of thing. Mm. They get invited on this luxury cruise aboard a super yacht. Um, think below deck. And that's kind of where they're at. My wife's favorite show <laughs> is below deck. Yeah. So, below deck, Mediterranean, below deck, all the below decks. Yeah. So that's kind of you know what this is, the premise there. And with the insanely wealthy people, uh, you got... This Russian oligarch and his wife, there's an elderly couple that their fortune comes from making and selling weapons like hand grenades and shit. You got the lonely <laughs> tech millionaire on this yacht. And of course, you got this, the staff that we're watching, like upstairs, downstairs kind of a thing. And the staff are taught to never say no to any of these guests. So we got the girl having to climb into the hot tub with the crazy lady. And then you got the crazy lady wanting the entire staff to take a break and go swimming off the edge of the boat with, um, there's like an inflatable slide. So they all have to stop everything to go swimming because this rich lady said so. Uh, Woody Harrelson is the captain, and this movie is a lot about power and its impact on people, those with power and those without power. So you've got the power of these wealthy people telling the staff what to do, but within the staff, you got the captain, Woody Harrelson, who he, he uses his power to make the first mate do all the work while he drinks himself silly in his room, in his cabin. And then the first mate is above the chief steward who fights with him to get the captain to come do stuff or whatever. And then you've got the staff that's like customer facing. And then the below below deck is the other staff running the ship and cleaning the toilets and all that. And so then the power dynamic, it shows how it'll change to where those without power suddenly have power. And then what happens? Because the ship sinks and a few of these people end up on a deserted island trying to survive. But they're all rich people who've never had to do anything for themselves. So the one woman who was like the below below deck, she was like the toilet cleaner. She shows up. She knows how to catch fish. 
she knows how to start a fire. And she's like, so she caught an octopus and Paula, who is the chief steward, is telling her, okay, you need to give this, we need to feed the guests. And she's like, why? We're on our own here. We're not on a boat. I caught this fish. This is my fish. I've done one for you, two for me. These are my pieces because I caught this fish. If they want to eat, they can catch fish. So now she's in charge because she's in charge of the food. She managed to get on this, like, this, I, I don't it wasn't like a blow-up raft, which is what they were on. She was, like, in, in a little tiny boat that's got a top on it and stuff, and it had boxes of water in it and other supplies. So she's got the pretzel sticks and the water and all that, and she's like, why should I give this to you? I mean, this is mine now. So it's an interesting movie. It's it's kind of it's definitely dark comedy and it's got some crazy funny moments and when the storm hits there's a lot of oh it, it's really gross with the vomiting and then the toilets erupting and that liquid having nowhere to go but in the ship oh blah, blah. that was really gross <laughs> but it's on hulu if anybody wants to watch triangle of sadness um and see what uh what other things this woman who suddenly has power does. It's, it's quite, quite something to watch. So it ro rolls in pretty well with your naked and afraid survival Alaska stuff. <laughs> and it's, you know, got that same. Well, when you're highlighting movie. who has skills and who does not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounded like, yeah. Cause on some of these, yachts they've got you know like the lifeboat that's got supplies in it yes already <clears throat> so it's stocked and who has the, who has the um resources and who does not have the resources and who has the skills and who doesn't have the skills to acquire resources mm -hmm. Yes. And survive, yes. Because everybody on these survival things, they all have that that know-how. Yeah. And the ones who, like in Alaska, they recognize the plants. This we can eat. You know, so if they catch a fish and they're boiling the fish, it's basically what they do. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting that people in the, the rich people in the movie, they're just sitting on the beach waiting for something else to happen, waiting for something waiting for others to do everything for them. Well, that's what it's like in Below Deck. Yeah, they're just waiting for others These to are... do everything. And and all we had was the one the one lady, the, the chief steward lady, and then there was a guy who worked in the engine room. And then when the toilet lady shows up. So the two staff people, they don't have any skills to help them. You know, nobody thought to go wander deeper into the island to see what else might be there. And they find a donkey. And I'm like, okay, you're on an island. Where do you think this donkey came from? Donkeys just don't appear on islands. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> you know, I mean, this donkey came from somewhere. You would think that they would start looking to figure out where the hell this donkey came from. You know, it doesn't, that doesn't, uh, they don't start looking till much, till near the end of the movie. So, 
you probably know where that's going. Like I knew where that was going <laughs> as soon as the girl was like, I'm going to go see, explore the island and see what else is here. And I'm like, oh, she's going to find out what else is there. Definitely. I've seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know where that's leading. When watching Below Decks, you could tell who's been generational wealthy and who made their own money. Oh, the new the new money you can tell versus that the, the old first money. Five, yes. Oh. Yes. The old money, they are definitely waiting for everything to come to them. Oh. You must be able to anticipate their need before they know they need it. I've met people like that. New money, they're going to go get it. If it's taken too long, they're going to go find out what's going on. Yeah. I'm going to go kill that chicken because it's taking you too long. (laughs) (laughs) They will take the initiative. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they can entertain themselves. Yeah. They don't need the staff to get in the hot tub, to jump in the pool, to jump in the water, to do whatever. Yeah. Just keep me half pounded all for the three days of this chart. Yeah. Just keep bringing the boot. Yeah, that's all I need. The old money is like, come and entertain me. Come and talk to me. I need you to make things lively. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, it's the dependence factor. Yeah, seriously. Is very apparent. Hmm. They could not boil water if their lives depended on it. <clears throat> hmm. Because they're conditioned to have everything done for them. Oh, interesting. So it highlights the great divide in the socioeconomic scheme of society. And that's kind of what that movie was about, showing all that business. So what else we got going on? The other thing that I was going to talk about is a Korean drama that I watched called Tree with Deep Roots. This is a historical drama about King Sejong. He's the fourth king of Joseon. And he is the one who invented the Hangul alphabet, the Korean alphabet. He noticed the commoners couldn't read because and back then, uh, Korea, they didn't have a written language. It was all Chinese. And as people probably know, Chinese characters are, each one represents a word. And it's like a bajillion characters you'd have to learn. And the farmers don't have time to sit down and study all these damn characters. They got to make food and and earn their food and shit. They don't have time for this crap. And when they're done for the day, they're too tired to try and learn shit. So they go to bed. So the whole society was those who could read were the elite, the nobility, And those who couldn't read were commoners. And so he wanted to help the commoners learn to read. So the alphabet he creates is characters based on sound, the sounds, they represent the sounds used in their language. So for once, you didn't need to figure out what Chinese character represented your name. You could spell out, sound out your name and use those symbols to spell, write your own name. And that is your name there. It's not some like tiger tree, whatever character. It is you. And you could learn this. And 
he created it so they could learn it quickly. So like within a week, anybody could read. Um, some people could learn it in a day. Like kids probably could learn it in a day. And so within that, this isn't a true story. Well, it's a true story, but also this is a drama. So they fictionalized a lot of it. So a lot of the other characters don't really exist. Um, in this show, there's like this opposition group that are against uh, the kings and stuff. And they are made up of most of all nobility. And so when they find out the king is going to try and create this new alphabet so that commoners could read, holy shit, that's going to threaten the Confucian order and chaos will reign because everybody can read now. Heavens to Betsy. The commoners won't need us nobility anymore. And they were so against it. And he goes cuckoo bananas, the leader of that opposition group. And he wants to block the spread of this alphabet getting out. And he was even going to go so far as to kill little children who were learning it. So they couldn't spread it because once one person knows it, they spread it and everybody knows it. So, but it was interesting to watch that and to find out, like, I looked it up as I'm watching, I'm like, did this king really create, like, invent the whole written language? Really? And he sure shit did. He is well known as oh, the okay. king who created their alphabet. I was try trying to figure out how to, how to read or write Korean. It's slow going for me. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to know Oh, the language first. Well, no, not necessarily. Because if you could sound out the words, just like when you're learning to read, the book has like the word written in Korean, then a picture of what it is, like a picture of an apple. So if I can sound out that written word, I would know how to pronounce apple. But also, I... Yeah, you got to know how, how the sounds work. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah. book sh shows me what the sounds are. Like this is E, like E. And when I looked up, because uh, Lee is a very good Korean name, as we both know. And when I looked up, <laughs> <laughs> when I looked up, like uh, the one actor uh, Lee Min Ho, I went to find out, like I could see in Korean how he write how you spell Lee. So I know that that straight line is the E of Lee. So at least I know one character and what the sound is. <laughs> Well, that's how it that's, starts. Yeah, that's yeah. There's no stopping me now. <laughs> like when I was in the Philippines, and I tell them my name, and they were like, "You don't look Korean, right?" And I would say, "You're right, I don't." <laughs> yeah, my first day at Responsus, uh, which has a lot of a which at the time had a lot of Asian employees, the one girl came up to me. And she looked right at me and she's like, you're not Asian. And I'm like, no, I am not. Because <laughs> she saw my right. name as a new member of the team, Patty Lee. There was another girl whose last name was Lee, spelled with an L-I. So Amy Wynn comes up to me and she's like, yeah. She's like, you're not Asian. I'm like, no. Thanks for noticing. I am not Asian. <laughs> she wasn't expecting that. It's a great introduction to my, my <laughs> new co-worker. You're not Asian. No, no, I'm not. Pleased to meet you. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I like the Korean dramas because I learn things sometimes. Yes.
especially the historical ones. Cause then I'm looking it up. Like, was this a real person? Oh, it is. But none of this happened to him. Okay. They do that a lot in the historical dramas. They'll mention a King or a Prince or whatever. And that is not at all what his life was or any of what happened, but his family is right. Like that Prince had seven brothers and they all tried to kill each other to become King. Yeah, that's usually how that goes with royalty. Yeah, you know, true, true that. You're not just family, you're rivals for power. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, and it makes the family dynamic even more complicated than it already is. Well, that's, you know, that's what I have right now. Unless you want me to list every flippin' Korean drama I've watched. Which most people don't seem to. <laughs> Bill is always against that, and I'm not sure why. Bill's against that. It seems like it, doesn't it? You've listened to the show. Seems like it. Yeah, he, he he's he's anti-Korean drama. He, he makes fun of me whenever I bring up a Korean drama. And I don't think he's ever like really watched one of my one of the ones I've suggested to where he could see why they're so good. I mean, they're brand new stories. It's not the same rehash shit. And you're learning a little bit of something out of them, especially, you know, certain ones. I think this was a Korean movie we watched, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh-huh. And I don't know the name of it. Oh. But it's this family who ends up living in the bomb shelter under this house. Parasite? And they come out and... Yes. Yes. And they come out and take food out of the kitchen and... Yes. Run back in, and the family who owns the house does not know this yes. shelter is there. Yes, I mean, because it goes the back to yep. World War Two, and they find this other husband and wife who are also living in there, and they end up fighting with each other, and one of them comes out, and at the kid's birthday party, ends up killing somebody, and there's all this. That's how it ends. Yes, yes, that was that's oh, Parasite, yeah. and that uh, won some Oscars or something. Parasite did. Uh, yeah. The son is like, I'm gonna make money and come back and buy this house. Yeah, and because his dad was dad the was one trapped in the basement. In yes, Tra- dad was yes. trapped down there because the uh, the architect of that house put that that extra bomb shelter down there and. It was originally like the housekeeper's husband was down there and he wasn't so well or something. And he had, they had signals to flash the lights at each other so that, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. They had their own thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yes. I've, I've seen Parasite. That's a good movie. And they had this little apartment where every time it rained, because it was like, you know, the, like a basement yes, apartment. And they would get these torrential rains where, I mean, everything is just flooded. And Yes. Yes. That's towards the beginning. And the toilet is like up several steps, which was so weird. If mm-hmm. I don't know if you're seeing that in the movie, that threw me off. Yeah. So it highlights that whole, um, it's a lot of economic yeah. disparity. And, from what I've seen in a lot of the Korean dramas and stuff, that the economic disparity is is enormous and it's a big deal there. There's a lot, and what really 
I don't know, kind of irks me is a lot of the like teen dramas where they're talking about, you know, the girl from the wrong side of the tracks goes to the rich school. She has a shitload of fancy shoes for a girl who's on the wrong side of the tracks. Cause you know, you got to wear a uniform, but she's got all these fancy ass shoes. And I'm like, if for a girl who's poor, whose mother could barely afford the school uniform, how does she have so many different pairs of shoes? That's a good question. And she had a different coat in almost every scene. Like, I have one coat, man. How does she have so many when her mom <laughs> can't buy the damn school uniform? <laughs> These are critical questions. So, all right. So to wrap up our show here, there are... Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a podcaster team that I found on Instagram. They're from Australia. They're fucking hysterical. They are Tony and Ryan. <laughs> and they had they Tony and Ryan. Tony and Ryan. They've put out this game called Normal or Nah. It's got cards. And they ask questions. Normal or nah. Normal or nah. Yeah. They're Australian. So they ask like a no? Yes. Is this normal or nah? Oh, okay. Yeah, normal or nah. Uh, so that's Australian. Yeah. Normal or not. Going to the movies and not getting popcorn. To you, is that normal or not? I have to have popcorn. It's a moral imperative. Mm. I mean, it's like, why go to the movies, period? I could stay home. Interesting. So I'm going to say nah. To me, that's been fairly normal because I don't want to spend the extra money on the popcorn because the ticket costs enough as it is. So I'm fine as long as I got my beverage. I don't need no popcorn. Plus, I don't like the way the popcorn bits get caught in my teeth. When I embark on the popcorn journey, mm -hmm. I know the journey ends because it's going to end with a toothbrush and a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You just know that going in. True, but I don't like the feeling until I can. I know, I get it. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. But yes. But and also, just it smells so much better than it tastes. It doesn't taste nearly as good as that smell. Well, when I go to the movies, and I have not been in a theater in years. Mm -hmm. It's been years. I mean, the, the smell of the popcorn and all that, that's all part of the immersive experience. It is. It very much is. Which is I why I can like, smell it and have sit down and not get any. The Super Mondo popcorn bucket. Okay. And the Super Mondo Diet Pepsi bucket. And I got my buckets. And I camp out. And I'm just going to eat myself into a popcorn <laughs> coma. I, I just have to say that the theater that has changed from Coke to Pepsi, I don't like going to anymore. Hmm. I've always been a Pepsi. I am not a fan of Pepsi. I prefer Pepsi. I'm the Diet Coke girl. All right. Normal or not? Nah, taking your shoes off at the theater. No, no taking shoes off. No. You keep your shoes on. Yes. Mofo. I keep my shoes on all the yeah. time everywhere. And yeah. that's medical reasons. All right. Then, well, also, just if I'm not at home, um, you, I'm not taking my shoes off. I'm not taking my shoes off at home. When I say medical reasons, medical That's reasons. true. Yes, yes. For me, shoes are foot prisons, and I don't want them. Well, you, as a kid, you ran around in your bare feet. 
<laughs> outside, inside, mom would be screaming at me, at me, make sure <laughs> you have your shoes on. Where's Pat's shoes? I don't know. I'm not wearing Pat's shoes. So how would I... <laughs> When did it become my responsibility to keep track of your shoes? When did that happen? Because at some point it oldest. happened and then I had to do it all this. Where is Pat? Where is Pat's shoes? Where is Pat's coat? Where is Pat's mittens? Where is Pat's hat? <laughs> Ask Pat! That's what I wanted to say. But no, <laughs> she's in my face. Oh, yeah. That's been yeah, 50 years funny. in the making. <laughs> <laughs> you come home awesome. missing a mitten. You had one mitten. Now, why you walked home with one covered hand and one bare hand, I don't know. But then mom was <laughs> me. Where's her mitten? You're the oldest. You're in charge. You're supposed to watch over the rest of us. Nobody except that. The part I like about working for the state. Uh -huh. we're, di we're diverting here. Is that yes. up front, we have what we called at the beginning of the year, your pre-evaluation conference where you are presented with all of your expectations on the front end. I always liked that because I knew exactly what was expected of me. But growing up, when you're the oldest, nobody presents you with a pre-eldest child <laughs> conference. You just have to True. intuit all the responsibilities that come with each consecutive kid that arrives. So by the time Sam got there, I already knew what was expected, and I was old enough to bail. Yeah, Deuces. true. I'm out. <laughs> now it's Pat's turn to be responsible. Eh, I think I did okay. <laughs> you probably did. But I'll never fun. forget. But I was also Where's much Pat older. <laughs> Yes, you were substantial. <laughs> I mean, what, we were four years apart? Yeah. So, yeah. you're six, I'm ten. Where's yeah. Pat's mitten? You know, I can't keep track of my mitten. But I gotta right. keep track of your mitten <laughs> on top of my mitten. Didn't you notice your hand was cold? Probably did. <laughs> I probably walked home without it because I couldn't find it. <laughs> But like, you, I'll have one warm hand and one cold one. I don't know. But Mom was on my case, not your case. Do you remember Mom asking well, you, was... what did you do with your mitten? I don't even remember that whole story, but. Of course, because <laughs> Mom wasn't in your face about it. Right? Yeah. True. She told me to go look for it. <laughs> I do remember losing my glasses when tobogganing on the big dirt mountain. And mom's like, well, you go back and find them. And well, I'm at like, least oh, can I she sent them? you it's to so go dark. find them. Yeah, she sent me to go find them. Because I lost them. I was starting to think, maybe I'll get new glasses now. Because I was I was out there in the living room thinking, oh, hell no. I'm not. No. <laughs> they weren't on my face. The glasses are on her face. 
they were in my pocket so they wouldn't fall off my face it was like i gotta get out of the line of sight because i wasn't moving because if you move and my mom was like you know the tyrannosaurus rest her vision catches movement so if you're moving (laughs) she's gonna stop you where's her glasses because i've been confronted with that dilemma (laughs) where's her glasses where's her mitten why isn't her coat on (laughs) damn awesome (laughs) i love it so yes shoes are on at all times for me (laughs) so the last one is uh Normal or not, watching an episode by yourself of a show that you've been watching with your partner. So, like, you're skipping ahead an episode or two of a show you've been watching together. Is it normal to watch one on your own? I don't skip ahead. Oh. Okay. She controls all the controllers. Oh, I see. True. Yes, and, I do that, that too. I'm not upsetting the delicate balance of this household. <laughs> yes, so that's I, true. I, will inter- I can entertain myself with other things <laughs> until she's ready to go. All right. Fair enough. Dwight will pick something and then fall asleep. So I end up continuing to watch it. And then I'm invested because now I'm invested. He's asleep. He's missing it all. And I'm just going on now with more episodes because I'm like, you're asleep. I need to know what's happening. I need to know well, what's next. Yeah, Sling will do that, you know, if you fall asleep and it'll just keep rolling. The thing is, we will both will. fall to sleep. <laughs> both <laughs> of us are out cold. And then you wake up and you see the thing. Are you still watching? <laughs> Netflix does that too. Yeah. And it's like yeah. she's got the controllers, so either I have to get up and <laughs> so go, you can't do I'm... anything. <laughs> or I have nice. to hey, hey click yeah. on the thingy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're Stop judging gone. me, television. Yeah. We are both out cold together. <laughs> so you have no idea where you left off on that. No, show that we don't. <laughs> and, and the thing's telling it. you you've seen all these episodes <laughs> yeah and she'll start it it's like i don't remember this i don't remember this either <laughs> that's part of the gray hair thing going on nice nice yeah yeah that's kind of how i got into the korean shows is dwight picked one to watch fell asleep and i'm now i'm invested in this show and i have to see what's next what's next and yeah yeah, that's now, how I ended up that way. Do you watch any of the uh, any of the Japanese shows or? There's some Korean that I've watched in, exclusively in South Korea, or these are the ones made exclusively in South Korea, the Korean shows. Yes, oh, okay. but the the service, the Viki uh, service, and also Netflix, they do have Japanese shows and Chinese shows and Taiwan. And I want to say there was a Vietnamese one as well. So Korea, uh, so Vicky is all of the Asian entertainment. Um, Netflix has things from, uh, there was a series from Jordan. They've got some stuff from Poland. Uh, They got all, uh, all over the world kind of stuff on Netflix. And Hulu has an international 
or not who yeah hulu is an international area the bulk is british but they do have now they because hulu is owned by disney and disney plus in other countries airs korean shows so now some of those that they've got the license to air in america are on hulu now too oh okay that sounds good all right all right because the one movie we watched by accident it came out uh-huh. by accident was <laughs> yeah i don't know how stuff comes on our tv by accident and we don't know how but we got something <laughs> it was that an adventure watching yeah, tv it, at your house it is it totally is it's like what is this i don't know what this is well we start watching it and then it's like we've binged the whole thing and it's like damn how what yeah. time is it did we eat today yes. <laughs> yeah. how is it already 2 a.m oh my Why god i gotta so work tomorrow. i better get to bed yeah <laughs> but it was that movie everything all at once at the same time everything no it's everything everywhere all at once that is yes. amazing i saw that at the theater and i was like everybody needs to see it but i can't explain it to you because it's just so out there mm-hmm. you just need to see it and and absorb it yeah well, it's, it's, it's a great one based on the literary concept of the multiverse yeah yeah which anybody who's into marvel comics knows the multiverse well michael moorcock now i don't know who came up with the concept of multiverse to begin with but mm-hmm. michael moorcock was a british science fiction fantasy writer who came up with he's the one who wrote the elric series with the okay. evil anti-hero and mm-hmm. he had the multiverse you know which is more like layered his concept there was one layer on top of another but he had the multiverse and elric's adventures took him through the multiverse and that was back in the 60s but the whole concept is of I interpret it, this is just my take on the multiverse. I interpret it as every, it's the oneness of all of reality. Everything is interconnected and it is one. And the oneness is beyond human language to actually explain. It's just the oneness. And everyone and everything is connected in the oneness. And so... It is, on one level, very much existential. What does life mean in our relationships with each other and with even people you might just see going to the mailbox and you don't know anything about them beyond we both went to the mailbox at the same time today. But yes, even there's a connection there. And so how everything is connected and what is important is not achieving all these material things, but how we relate and interact in kindness with each other. And that's what's important since the characters in the story are hanging on to their past pain and how someone transgressed on them through these lives in the multiverse because they the mother daughter dynamic they had been fighting with each other 
all through the multiverse. And yeah. Okay. How the characters yeah. arrive at that understanding from the tax lady to the mother-daughter dynamic, her dynamic with her husband, and coming to that realization. But we, I measure the goodness of a show by how long were we awake through it? Now, awake <laughs> the whole show, we we were awake. No one fell asleep in the middle of the show or at the beginning or near the end. We 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 were awake through the whole thing. That's an awesome show, and we were Clearly, awake yeah. the whole thing. And we even said to each other. We're awake through the whole thing. This is so <laughs> awesome. There is no stop. At what point do you think you fell to sleep? If you fell to sleep within the first 15 minutes of the show, it sucked. If you yeah, were awake through the whole thing and you're consciously not with the conscious knowledge that we actually stayed awake, that is the that's the Emmy, Oscar, Super Bowl winner of shows. So I'm going to call it my sleep scale. That rated high on the sleep scale. All right. Part of the reason, the nice. other part of the reason we don't go to the theater, you sit down in the theater, they turn the lights down, and then you're gone because they have these reclining seats. Yeah, now they're recliners. You can stretch out, and the next thing you know, the guy sweeping up the floor is like, dude, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've sat next to Dwight where I could hear him starting to snore, and I'm always like, hey, are you watching this? You know, waking him up. <laughs> so he doesn't, I'm like, that's an expensive nap. Okay. It is. I can it's do time that. Yeah, you, know, you need to stay awake and watch it. Yeah. 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 That means. That that's I could fall asleep here, so you know, yeah. if I need popcorn that bad, I could get it at the store, bring it home, throw it in the microwave, exactly. and go to sleep on my chair. <laughs> and Dwight's gone off to check out the new Guardian of the Galaxies movie with his brother, and uh, we will find out if that's a stayed awake through it movie or if it's a I fell asleep movie. <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess that's it for the show. Thanks everybody for listening. I will have to find out when Bill's coming back because I have no clue when Bill's coming back. Get better, Bill. Yeah, get better. Feel fast. Climb those stairs. Do some running around with that new robo knee. Get that yes. knee working. We will see you next week with probably a new guest or maybe old guests. Who knows? Um. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, okay. Okay, bye. bye.